does that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thank you. Good afternoon and welcome to all of you attending the Sutlesford District Council Planning Committee meeting and also any of those of you listening in through the broadcast. I'll start by running through how I intend to run today's committee. Although we may not be in the council chamber, may I ask you either all to turn off your mobile phones or at least to put them on silent. Thank you, and I'll do that for myself as well at this moment, which, yeah, uh, that's it. Virtual meetings are not quite a new experience for many of us, but public meetings such as this committee are business as usual. Therefore, it's important that we continue to conduct ourselves in an orderly and professional manner. As you would imagine, there are regulations governing virtual meetings that state you must be able to hear and be heard. Therefore, shortly, I will ask our Democratic Services Officer, Chris Clinton, to take a register so that those listening will know who's present. As a reminder, please keep yourself on mute at all times when not speaking. This should prevent undue distraction from background noise. Mr Gibson, if you could call the register, please. Thank you. Chair, please indicate you're present when I call your name. Councillor Bagnall. Present. Councillor Caton. Present. Councillor Fairhurst. Present. Councillor Freeman. Present. Councillor LeCount. Present. Councillor Lemon. Present. Councillor Lachlan. Present. Councillor Merrifield. Present. Councillor Pavitt. Present. Councillor Reeve. Present. Councillor Storer. Present. And Councillor Sutton. Present. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Also, for the benefits of those listening, the officers we have with us today are from planning, Mr. Nigel Brown, the development manager, and three. I think it's three of his team today, and I'll, I stand to be corrected. We have Mr. Chris Tyler, Miss Adeline Jones, and Mr. Avrinos Viakos. Um, we also have from Democratic Services, Mr. Ben Ferguson, and Mr. Chris Gibson, and our legal officer, Ms. Elizabeth Smith. We also have Ms. Shelley Abel, and I believe, and Miss Hannah Peacock. Thank you very much. Um, as, with the, as with all planning committees, our council officers have prepared reports on each of the planning applications before us today and have recommended whether each particular application should either be approved or refused. It is, however, for the planning committee members to assess the application and make the final decision. Today we have four. I apologise, five applications to consider. For each application, I will ask the relevant officer to give a short presentation on the proposal, which will appear on the screens, our screens outlining the reasons for their recommendation. I will then invite those who have registered to speak on the particular application to present your views. The applicant will then be given the opportunity to speak to their proposal and address any issues that have come up from other speakers or the officer's report. Once we've gone through this, I will then open the discussion to the planning committee members to make their points on the matter, to ask relevant questions of the officers before asking them to make a decision on the application. 
with a proposal to vote on whether the application should be approved, refused or deferred. With the exception of the vice chair, please do not speak unless I ask you to do so. To indicate that you wish to speak, please raise your blue hand next to your name on the white participants column on the right hand of your screen. This will indicate you wish to speak to myself and Councillor Lemon, the vice chair. I will take each request in order and will not accept anyone speaking out of turn unless raising a point of order and only if valid. If not, you will be asked to raise your blue hand. Please only use the chat function at the bottom of the screen should you have to give apologies to leave the meeting part of the way through or on your return. Before we go to the first application, we need to take any apologies of absence and then take any declarations of interest. So, I don't think we have any apologies for absence. I think we have a full compliment. Um, can I just say I'd like to welcome back Councillor Lemon because we've missed him. So thank you very much. So do we have going to do we have any declarations of interest? Um, and I will say um, I'll declare a uh, declaration of interest. Um, I am the ward member for um, item number three, um, land west of Ma land west of Maranello. Um, in Felsted. So I'm the ward member for that. Any other declarations of interest? Councillor Fairhurst. It's Stephen Bolden Town Council. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Councillor Freeman. Likewise, member of Stephen Walden Town Council. Thank you. Councillor Pavitt. Uh, yes, Chair, if we're declaring our ward memberships, then I am the member for the Application to Holly Hedge in Duddenhoe End. Thank you very much, Councillor Pavitt. Is there anybody else? No more blue hands. So I think we're okay. Okay, thank you very much. So, um, so we need to agree the minutes of the previous meeting, which was on, remind me, I think that was that the 1st of July or something like that? I can't remember the date. Mr. Chairman, it's the 1st of July. It was the 1st of July. Thank you very much. So, um, is there any dissent or anything, any comments? Councillor Bagwell, you have your hand up? Yeah, sorry, Chair. I've noticed a small typo that I didn't notice before. On the bottom of page seven, um, in the previous minutes, it says, Councillor Fairhurst proposed a motion to defer the item pending clarification of this last together. So it should be, there should, there's a missing word. It should be this last point or something. Okay, so hang on, let me just bring that up. So, page. Bottom of page seven. Bottom of page, oh. Are they numbered? PC. It's, it's on the it's on the pack that's come out for today's meeting, page seven of that pack. Right. Okay. Okay. Can anybody enlighten us to that? It's just a typo. It's a missing word. That's all. Right. I, th I think that, I think chair the word is probably item or something, but I, I can revisit the, uh, the the notes and ensure that that the correct word goes in, uh, chair. Thank you very much. Mr. Gibson, that would be good. Thank you very much. So, with that, with that going in, is everybody else content? 
since there's no dissent, I will, I will sign those at some point. Thank you very much. So, uh, moving on. Thank you. So we'll move on to agenda item three, the first application of the afternoon, which is UTT 20-0757-DFO, land west of Marinello, at Watch House Green, Felsted. And it's Ms. Madeline Jones presenting this. Thank you very much. When you're ready. Sorry. That's okay. Um, can you see the location plan? Yes, we can. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Um, the application site is located to the northwest of Watch House Green and northeast of the village of Felstead outside the development limits of Felsted. The site is part of the garden of the adjacent dwelling Mar Maranello and is irregular in shape. It's approximately one and a half hectares in total. There are residential dwellings to the east of the site, um, running in a linear pattern along the B1417. There is close-boarded fence to this boundary. To the north of the site is the existing access driveway, which is also a public right-of-way, and that provides access to Felmore Farm, which is up here, and a daycare nursery. Um, it leads on to the Braintree Road, and beyond the access track, here is open countryside, and mature trees line the existing access road. Um, and the landscape buffer runs along the western and south southern boundaries. The proposal relates to the reserved matters following the grant of outline planning permission for the erection of 28 dwellings, including 11 affordable homes, formation of a new vehicle access, associated local area of play, parking and landscaping under UTT 18-1011-OP, which was allowed at appeal subject to conditions in a Section 106 legal agreement. Layout and access were considered under the appeal application and therefore only appearance, landscaping and scale are for consideration as reserved matters. The proposal is for 28 housing units, with 11 of those being affordable housing, amounting to 40% of the development. The affordable housing is located here, here and here. All dwellings have on-plot parking to meet the adopted parking standards, and there are also seven additional visitor parking spaces provided. All dwellings have in, have in excess of a 100 square metre private amenity space. And as stated, the access and layout have already been approved at appeal. This included a new access road with a new junction serving the farm and nursery off the new development access drive. A pedestrian footpath was also provided here, linking the um, pavement on the western side of the B1 for one seven, and uh, the access into Marilello is being moved further away from the 
junction. The housing mix is two one bedrooms, seven two bedrooms, 11 three bedrooms and eight four bedrooms in the form of flats, bungalows, semi-detached and detached properties. And uh, they range from uh, single storey to two storey, shown in the pink and the blue are one and a half storey. And this shows what the street scenes, street scenes will be. Um, the top is the access um, into the estate, so that's the access road. And this is the north to south plots at the bottom, um, at the far bottom. And then these are elevations, street scenes through, through the um, development. Um, the next slides show you the elevations and floor plans. There's a mix of different types. And this shows an aerial view. An ecological assessment report has been submitted with the application. The boundary hedgerows were assessed as being the key ecological features, and this is reflected by their retention and protection within the development proposals. The report includes recommendations to mitigate the impacts of development on bats, amphibians and breeding birds, and includes a number of enhancement measures. The landscaping scheme incorporates ecological features suggested by the ecologists, which include hedgehog doors, bird and bat boxes, log piles, and wildflower grass. The proposals also include the retention of key trees and hedgerows, and the creation of a new open space, natural swells and habitats, which will provide a net gain in biodiversity on the site. The trees along the access road are to be retained and protected. Further trees will be planted along the western boundary and along the southern western boundary of Maranello's rear garden. Trees will also be planted along the internal spine road. The principle of development of the site has already been established under the extent planning consent granted on appeal. The landscaping, appearance and scale of the proposal are considered to be acceptable and therefore the proposal is recommended for approval subject to conditions. Okay, thank you very much, Madeline. Um, if you could bring us back, that would be great. Sorry, I don't, what have I... You've got to unshare so I can... Oh, okay, right, yeah. Thank you very much. I might ask you to come back, but... Yes. ...ask you a question or something, but... Um, Sorry. Thank you very much, that's okay. I couldn't do it, believe me. <laughs> Go back and forward. Um, okay, so we have no speakers, so I open it up to the committee. If anybody would like to open up or make a comment. Thank you, Madam Chair. 
Um, uh, this is the, the hard part about being on the planning committee because I don't like the place, and we didn't last time either. It's in the middle of a rural countryside. It's a linear development, which you're going to turn into, a, into, into an estate. Um, the obviously concern, the concern I have, it has now been given that access, and we can't take that back. Um, but the hope is that this won't be seen as a precedent that we can now build backland development and, and, and sort of fatten up that street. Um, but it is what it is, and that's how we are. The upside, though, um, I think, and rather nice, is that the officers have clearly done a good job with uh, retaining the, the boundary hedges and the, and the, 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 the covering. Um, the landscape covering does look like it's been fairly thorough. I hope there won't be too much of an eyesore. Um, I'm rather pleased to hear that they're going to put in um, um, things to, to, to safeguard um, hedgehogs, bats and birds. Um, I'd like to believe that's going to happen. Um, and uh, the only question I do have is, is we've been shown where the affordable houses are. I don't think it's, it, I don't think it's perfect, but at least they're not all in one little cluster. And that is a big issue, as, as, as Councillor Lachlan, I'm sure, will agree. So all in all, it's... It's not great where it is, but apart from that, and that's a given, um, it seems a relatively acceptable scene. But I, I wonder if we could just make a point saying this is exceptional and we're not going to increase our backland development and start fattening out there. Let's, let's still keep it linear in the rural areas if we can. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Yes, we definitely don't want backland development, but as you, as you say, it is, we are where we are with it, you know. Um, Councillor Bagnall. Uh, can I ask that, um, so we've got a condition around the electric charging points for properties with garages, and I think we need to go a bit broader than that. I would have said we should have electric charging points for all properties, so uh, if there are properties such as the flats that only have parking bays, then I think we need to look at how we provide charging points for those as well, so I don't know if that's possible. Um, Nigel? Donald? I'm just going to ask Matt what, what we had. Obviously, the fact you have a charging point condition implies there wasn't a charging point condition on the outline, which is good, which which is, means that we've moved it on. So, um, I think there I, may have been, Nigel. I think, what we, the, I think the issue is, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say yes to Councillor Bagnall, but I'm trying to find a way of saying yes. <laughs> Yes, so condition three just says prior yeah. to occupation yeah. of any dwellings with garages. Yeah, Can prior we... to the, yeah, yeah, so I mean, you just want to move, you want to move, you want to remove the reference to garages, don't you? I do. <laughs> I want prior to occupation of any dwellings that electric charging points will be provided. There, there actually was a condition on the outline. Sorry, I've missed that. And it says yeah. electrical vehicle charging points shall be installed per house. Right. So we need to, this, this needs to be reworded then to mirror that. Well, it is arguable whether you actually need the condition if it's on the outline. Uh, but I think I, what we'll do, we'll do exactly what you just said. We'll say all dwellings. So if, any, if anything, we're just repeating the same condition, but that drives it home. So yeah. we'll make sure we'll take away reference to garage and say all dwellings. Yeah, that'd be better, Nigel, because otherwise they'll look at it and say it's only houses, not flats, but it needs to be all dwellings. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Sorry about that. That's my error. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Councillor Fairhurst, quickly. The thing is, there are no other speakers. I, am I now allowed to propose that we approve this? I would think so, because everybody seems to be, I would think, yes, because it's, it's there, isn't it? 
Yeah. Okay. Yes, please. Okay. Then I formally propose that we have, we approve this grudgingly and say let's let's not make it a precedent. Absolutely, I agree with you. Can I have a seconder for that, Councillor Lachlan? I'll second that. Thank you very much. Okay, so we have a proposal to approve this planning application from Councillor Fairhurst, seconded by Councillor Lachlan. Um, all those in favour of this planning to approve, application to approve. Um, can we take our register, please? Um, of course, yeah, of course, Madam Chair. Um, everybody ready? Yes, thank you. Councillor Bagnall? Approve. Councillor Caton? Approve. Councillor Fairhurst? Approve. Councillor Freeman? Approve. Councillor LeCount? Approve. Councillor Lemon? Approve. Councillor Lachlan? Approve. Councillor Pavitt? Approve. Councillor Reeve? Approve. Councillor Stora? Approve. Councillor Sutton? Approve. Thank you. And that's approved unanimously, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you, did you not forget me? You did, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was in the habit of putting you at the top, but now you're... Approved. <laughs> 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 it's okay, I'll just go in salt in a corner. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. That application's approved. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Madeline. Thank you. So, go, moving on to agenda item four... UTT 20118, sorry, 1108 DFO, Holly Hedge, Woodman's Lane, Dunhoe End, Eldon. And, and the officer presenting is Avrinos Viakos. Thank you very much. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I think it's at an item two, not four. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. I wanted to put you at the top, but now you're. <laughs> Right, it's fine. It's back in the corner. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. 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 Thank Yes. yes. Sorry to interject, Chair. That, I think that's Councillor Gregory who's speaking on this item and he was unmuted and he must be listening to the broadcast at the same time. So I've yeah. got... It's all happening today then, isn't it? Okay, can we... Can I start? Can we all... Are we okay now? Yeah, I think so. Thank you very much. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. I believe you can see the Yes, we can. Thank you. All right. So this is a reserved matters application following the outline permission granted on appeal in 2018 for the details of layout, scale, landscaping and appearance for the erection of two dwellings outside the development limits on Woodman's Lane, Edenhoe End. The application is located to the back of a row of dwellings 
facing uh, onto Woodman's Lane, and, and it includes uh, paddock land and, and the dust outbuilding to be demolished. This is the outbuilding to be demolished. The proposal includes a two-story, four-bedroom dwelling on plot one, this one, and a single-story, three-bedroom dwelling on the eastern plot, plot two, here, plus double garages on each plot here and here. An access and driveway will lead to the side, uh, past holy heads and stepping stones. And the access was... Uh, approved at outline stage. The Paris Council was consulted twice with no comments received the second time. On the first consultation, the Paris Council objected this application on the grounds of its unacceptable scale, layout and height, and on the noise impact from the gravel driveway. In addition, a side notice was erected outside the property and we consulted outside the site. And we consulted uh, twice, 25 neighboring occupiers both times, the most significant uh, reasons for objection were six, the deviation from the outline permission, the unacceptable, that's according to the neighbors, the neighboring occupiers, deviation from the outline permission, the unacceptable scale layout, height and position, the out-of-character design and the restricted outlook for the neighboring occupiers to the north, the loss of residential amenity for the neighboring occupiers to the north by way of loss of privacy, loss of light, <clears throat> excuse me, and an overbearing effect, um, the unacceptable driveway materials and the resulting noise, the impact on protected species and on the existing drainage network. Um, these are the elevations of the plot one dwelling. This is the front elevation, the north elevation, and this is the rear elevation. You can see a two-story feature here, a gable feature here. This is single story, obviously. Um, these are the, the plans for the plot one dwelling, which has uh, four bedrooms. And these are the plans and elevations for the single story plot two dwelling. And these are the details for the detached garages. Also, here you can see. 3D representations of the front here and the rear elevations of the proposed dwellings. And this is the, the driveway leading to those dwellings past holy heads and stepping stones. This is a key slide in my mind where you can see the proposed street scene and the size and scale of the proposed dwellings. You can see the differences in height. Um, um, and you can see that in relation to, to the neighboring dwellings to the north with a white color on the background. This is the street scene and how it will be affected by the proposed dwellings. I have highlighted those parts myself with yellow. In terms of principle, the principle was, a, was established in the outline permission, Madam Chair. In terms of the reserved matters, the layout in the outline permission was only indicative. The proposed layout is actually better than the indicative one, uh, um, as it positions the dwellings further away from the neighboring properties to the north. At a distance of 30 meters or more, uh, the, <clears throat> the threshold set by the Essex Design Guide is 25 meters or even less for some London borough 
In terms of size and scale, first appearances might be elusive. The plot one dwelling will be two-story, but it will look as single-story from the front elevation. Uh, this is because the heights of both dwellings will be similar or smaller to the heights of the neighboring properties to the north, as you can see in this section over here. And also because the two-story gable rear wing, this bit here, um, will be set into the ground by approximately one meter uh, in relation to the neighboring properties, and it will sit lower than the reach of the, of the proposed valley. The design will be contemporary with some traditional features, and the street scene will remain almost the same as you can see here. The materials will be conditioned, uh, conditioned for clarity and to ensure high-quality design, although I think they are... Um, in uh, general terms, acceptable. In terms of landscape, the landscape officer recommended approval of the landscape details you can see in this uh, scheme, in the, in the plan you have in front of you. And he also commented that the path uh, gravel driveway, which is this bit, uh, that this part gravel driveway um, is not a significant issue um, and this is important to note because uh, there were concerns raised by the Paris Council and some of the neighbouring communities. According to the landscape plan, existing fences and hedges will be retained. Uh, these are to the north boundary here and to the uh, eastern boundary here. You can see the highlighted parts again with yellow. Um, I should also mention that there is a condition, I'm recommending a condition that these boundaries will be retained just for clarity, and also they will not be cut down. Uh, they will be three meters high at all times in perpetuity. Um, please also let me know that I have discussed the possibility of replacing the gravel, the gravel part of the driveway with tarmac with a with with a agent, and he has agreed. I believe it is not necessary to do so. The landscape officer believes the same thing. And I can argue about that later if you like. Standards on garden amenity uh, space and living space are met, and therefore the amenity of the occupants of the new dwellings is secure. In terms of the amenity of the neighboring occupiers, the modest scale of the dwellings, their distance at least 30 meters away from the neighboring properties to the north, the proposed landscape that I just showed you, and the fact that there will be no first floor bedroom windows on the north elevation confirm that no material overlooking, overshadowing, or overbearing effects will occur. Therefore, the proposal will not harm the amenity of any neighboring occupiers. In terms of access and parking, the access was approved at outline stage, uh, and parking standards are met for both dwellings. Highways recommended uh, approval subject to conditions. In terms of ecology, the ecology officer recommended approval subject to four conditions, including a pre-commencement condition for a precautionary working method statement during construction phase, after taking into account the relative comments from the neighborhood uh, consultation. Finally, in terms of uh, contamination and drainage, the environmental health officer recommended approval subject to conditions as there are no contamination issues um, for the drainage issue raised by neighboring occupiers, a condition from the outline permission that requires a satisfactory foul and, and surface water drainage scheme to be completed on site 
will still need to be discharged by the applicants, by the applicants, because the applicants will have to discharge um, both the conditions from uh, the current application, should the members decide that it will go forward, and also the conditions um, imposed by the inspector at appeal on the outline stage. You can see <clears throat> recent photographs from the site here. The site will be accessed from this point. You can see the car there. And this is the access as it is right now. Uh, and as you move along the, uh, the driveway, you can see some views on these pictures. And then here, you can see the end of the driveway, the, south, the southern boundary of the um, application site. You can see the trees. Looking east this way, there is, there is already a close border fence that I showed you in the landscape scheme. Looking west, there's the existing outbuilding to be demolished. And that's also a key view. You can see the existing um, uh, hedgerows on the northern boundary of the site, uh, distinguishing the application site with uh, um, Holyheads here, which is a bungalow, obviously, and another bungalow, stepping stones here, and also Sebring to the west, and um, the other three dwellings to, to the east which are one-and-a-half-story dwellings, roughly the same size um, of the proposed plot one dwelling. Um, overall, the proposal is considered acceptable as it abides by the access details approved in 2018 and complies with European policies S7, Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 4, Gen 7, Gen 8, H4, ENV3, ENV14 and the NPPF, and is recommended for approval with all conditions. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you very, very much, Avinius. Um, if we could, um, if you could unshare, I can go back to the committee. No, I can. Yes. Let us speak here first. Um, so we have Councillor Gregory, who's come, has come to speak to us. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon, uh, Planning Committee. Uh, my apologies for the feedback earlier. I was listening to the stream on the website and forgot to turn it off when I was admitted to the meeting. So sorry for the disruption caused there. Well, I was going. Uh, Yes. <laughs> Thank you for letting me speak. Um, a very comprehensive report and a very um, professional report by UDC officers, and I thank them for that. I've had extensive correspondence from residents and from the Parish Council in the past couple of weeks. Um, aside from one detail, which I'll come on to later, this comes down to one simple matter. This property has an extensive planning history and approval was granted <laughs> having originally been refused by UDC planning committee. The first paragraph of the inspector's judgment I think sums it up. He grants approval for two one-story dwellings and you have in front of you a request for a two-story dwelling and a one-story dwelling. Um, I venture to suggest that we're now in the realms of gaming the system. It's a case of, I ask for something, I don't get it, I appeal, I get it, I then ask for something more. And there's a sequential history on this particular site. Um, notwithstanding the issues I have about the original principle, that's been uh, agreed by the inspector, and it's not a matter for me or indeed for you. But there has to be a line drawn in the sand. They asked for two one-bedroom or two one-storey dwellings. 
they were granted two one-storey dwellings. I see no compelling reason whatsoever why there is a case to come back and ask for a two-storey dwelling instead of one of the one-storey dwellings. So I hope you'll um, give consideration to the views of local residents and to the extremely strongly expressed views of the Parish Council on this particular matter and perhaps set a precedent for um, the approach that is taken to these, um, how can we put it, um, sequential planning applications. It reminds me of the High Street in Great Chesterford where you threw out a similar type of approach last year. Finally, if you are minded to approve, could I ask that you do condition that the driveway be tarmacked rather than gravel? Um, this has been a source of considerable concern for the adjacent neighbours in terms of noise and disruption, and it would uh, ameliorate that. Thank you ever so much for your time, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you very much, Councillor Gregory. Um, I will open this up to the committee. Um, Alios, did you want to can say... I, can, I, can I respond to, to the gentleman's comments? Gregory, yes, please do. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, Uh, in relation to the Paris Council uh, objection, we consulted the Paris Council twice and the second time we did not receive an objection, we did not receive a letter at all. So I don't think they so much strongly oppose the, the application. As for the tarmac issue, um, in contrast to, to the, gravel, the proposed gravel driveway, as I said, uh, the agent, I've discussed this with the agent, and they will be happy to accept it. From my perspective, I think it, it is unreasonable to oblige them, at least I couldn't do it within the scope of my report, to oblige them to have more hard surfaces on a countryside location if it's not necessary. And I think it's not necessary because there's a distance um, of at least 20 metres from the gravel driveway to the uh, neighbouring properties to the north. Um, I can show you the distances if you like. That might help the. Please do. Yes, let me just find it because I have a million things happening in front of me. Sorry. It's all right. So you can see the distances. No, we've only got your, um, your list of things at the moment. So you can't see what that is. No, we've just got the, your list. We've got overshadowing, overlooking distances. We haven't actually got the... Are you I sharing can... the right screen? That's the part of the problem usually. Yeah. And that's why I'm good at doing that. Yes, it's just... We've probably got the screen before. That's it. Okay. That's it, yeah. yeah. So um, this is a bit old because they have changed this bit and this is also tarmac here. They have extended this bit. Uh, but this is gravel here. Okay. And the distance from this gravel bit of the driveway to the neighboring property is at least 20 meters. Um, I think that's not... Can I have a, just I a few seconds? I think we get the idea. Um, 
because the house to the father's point of stepping stones is 29.499 meters so from the yeah, the, yeah. So the, these dimensions here you can see highlighted are from the front elevation of the proposed dwellings so from the, the driveway, obviously, it's, it's a bit less. I think it's about 20 to 25 meters, uh, depending on, on which point in the driveway you're looking at. Yeah. I, so I think it gives us a rough idea. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was my opinion. Uh, and also the landscape officer commented on this and said uh, there's no issue. And I would expect the environmental health officer would pick this issue up if there was an issue in terms of the amenity of, uh, of the neighbouring occupiers and how this might be impacted by um, the potential noise or potential dust or other disturbances. And so. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, have we... Oh, comments? Uh, so I'll put up to the planning committee. Oh, here we go. Um, Councillor Lachlan and Councillor Freeman, then Councillor Fairhurst. And then Councillor Pavitt. Thank you. Well, I, I do understand Councillor Gregory's point. I mean, this does happen. The inspector will ask something, and then uh, something else comes along. Um, and presumably, if we refuse this, it would go to appeal, and the inspector would have to decide it and may not allow this. So it's a bit of a conundrum, really. Um, but I, I wanted to know, uh, and I, uh, Nigel may be able to tell me this, uh, if this hadn't come along now and the original building on the plan had been built, would this be permitted development? First of all, just, just I mean, Averinos may correct me here, but I don't think there is an approved plan. There is an outline planning permission. We haven't actually had any dwelling approved on this site, only the principal. Yes, and that's not a case that they keep changing it. Oh, oh, yeah, the second issue is this this single story. I would, with respect to Councillor Gregory, I would say this single story, two story issue is a bit of a red herring. Um, you know, is in terms of, I think if I've, sorry, I'm, I'm anxious that we keep sharing and unsharing the screens, but I think in terms of if you look at the site, what we've got, what they're basically done is a single story dwelling with, with rooms in the roof space. And so the answer to your question, Councillor Lachlan, is quite possibly they could have built this as a single story dwelling pure single-storey dwelling, you know, a bungalow and a loft. And they could have converted the loft onto permitted development. So I think that's the issue. So, I mean, so I, I, don't, I think it's really unfair to, to say that the applicant's gaming the system. I mean, they've got an application through for a single-storey dwelling. And this is not, whether it's room in the roof space or rooms not in the roof space, it's what it looks like in terms of impact. And so I think, so I think, one, one, I'll let the discussion go, but I think members may want to have a look at the, the situation again and say, well, you know, okay, we could be splitting hairs to say just because it's got rooms in the space, does that make a story two story dwelling? Probably technically does, but it's it's a dwelling with rooms in the roof space, as in bungalows with rooms in the roof space, which yeah. the impact on the neighbours is no more than had it been just a bungalow. So, but I'm, 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 I think that's up to members to, to, to discuss that among, amongst yourselves. Okay. Is that, is that you, Councillor Lachlan? Yes. Okay, Councillor Freeman, then Councillor Fairhurst, then Councillor. Yeah, thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, I have difficulties with this. I'm not familiar with the original application. I think I must have been away at the time. Uh, but 
Uh, it is essentially backland development. Okay, it's been approved. That's fine. You know, uh, it's gone to the appeal to the inspector, and the inspector said, "Okay, you can go ahead with it." Um, I'm mindful of the argument that if something is awarded on appeal, uh, that is very often a marginal decision. It could not have been awarded on appeal, and uh, okay. A roof with rooms in it um, is not an extra room. Uh, right? That, that one and a half story house is what people often call them, as opposed to one story or two stories. And I think this is uh, basically a one and a half story and a single story house. And the single story is actually quite big. It's quite high. And when does this single story stop being a single story? It actually has Essex barn type gable ends going up right up into the roof with windows. So they're actually stretching it to the limit. It is um, backland development in the old sense of the word. Uh, you have to go down a little drive to get to this thing. Um, I'm not in favour of it, really. Uh, and I think that if the balance was to refuse this, I would send it back uh, for refusal because they're very nice houses. There's nothing wrong with the houses. It's just that backland development was very firmly opposed at one stage. And if you look on the aerial uh, image, satellite image of this, I think we've got one. No, we haven't. Um, but the aerial image is that it's, it's very clearly behind a pre-existing range of properties. So I, I, I have difficulties with it. It's, um, uh, I, I personally would be happier not to see this particular development go ahead. That, that's just my own view. Okay, thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Reverend Chair. Um, yeah, exactly as Councillor Freeman says, this is backland development. And again, we start by saying, well, it's given on appeal and access has been granted, so there it is. But there's a reason why we're against backland development. And the most principal reason is because it changes, it offends the system because it's a change of character. It's a change of the place, the way it looks. It's a loss of amenity, it's a loss of the whole nature of the field. And I think that the, the pictures we were shown were more instructive to me, in fact, than the words. Whether it's a two-story or one-story isn't the issue. I totally agree with, with, with Nigel Brown on this. Um, the issue is, does it, is it overbearing? Does it really make the, the kind of damage, the difference that Backland is, is noted for? Um, and then, of course, if the, the appeal was granted for one single story, so we have some grounds to, to work with. I would like, if you don't mind, to ask Averinos if he could please um, give us some of those pictures again. They were, they were gorgeous. The first picture that, that, that sort of changed my mind was the one where the, the, the artist's impression of the buildings. Oh, you can stop either, any one of those, but just go back, please. Yeah. These are wonderful pictures. Um, the one on the bottom left, looking north, gives you a feel of why backland development is so abhorrent, because... That's what the nature is. That's what it looks like now, and you can imagine what it looks like next. Can I ask everybody, Nos, if you please, to go to the street scene picture? Yes, of course. Um, yeah. that, that one there, yes. Um, and, the, and the question really is, and you've very hopefully highlighted the yellow, the heights. But it isn't really about heights. I asked the members, if they would, to note that the white roofs behind there are what we've got today. Um, it's not just about height. It's now it's connected together. So look at the bottom street scene picture. And you see it's all joined up. It's no longer one line development of housing in a rural environment. It's now 
densely packed. Just my opinion, opinion of course. And then the final picture, if you give me, is the picture of the, of the drawing of the, of, of, the, of the house with its front neighbors, so to speak. It was a rather nice picture. And for me, that was, that was the compelling picture. Avrinos, could you just give me the one? I, think, I don't know if it, it was one of the first two you showed, I think. Do you mean this no, one? No, it was a drawing. It wasn't a photograph. Uh, no? That one there, that one there. On the bottom, members, look at the bottom. That's not a little house. That's a big house. Um, and yes, I can see that it's been dug in deeply to, 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 to reduce some of the height. But is it overbearing? I suspect it might be. Um, and it's certainly not in keeping with the existing character. So this factor development, although it's a given, it's been charged, we need to do something to try and mitigate that, that overbearing nature of the process. So, so I, I'm afraid I, I, I sympathize with Councillor Gregory on this, um, and I, I'm not minded to support it at all. Um, just, as, just aside, the question of gravel, I understand very much what you say about it may not be necessary, but if the parish council felt um, serious about it, if someone pointed it out and the, and the developer is prepared to consider it, surely we would regard that as important if someone regards... I understand about meters and so on, but again, it's a question of the perceptions and sounds of gravel and cars will change things a little. So if we do go ahead and approve this, I would strongly suggest conditioning, um, having the tarmac there, just to show some respect for the parish council and the neighbours, if, if, if nothing else. Um, so that's it for me, thank you, at the moment. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Um, I think it was Councillor Pavitt next, but if you could just unshare. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, it was. Yeah. Uh, I've, when we did this discussion about whether it's a single story or a one and a half story, the site section looking north that <coughs> was displayed a moment ago shows the ridge height of the property that's bigger as higher than the ridge height on the one on the single story one. It is very clearly a one and a half story building. It's not just a single story that's got, you know, some rooms in the ceiling, um, unless you can tell me otherwise, unless the perspective of these drawings is wrong, then we do have one building that has a higher ridge height than the other. And that, you know, clearly the, 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 the planning inspector has said, fine, on the basis of two single story buildings, great, you've got it. And we can't argue with that. But now we have one and a half and a one. Um, and you know, what, what, what where do we stop being done over, quite frankly? Um, you know, do, do we set a principle and say, well, we go with what the planning inspector says, or we start to nudge it and nudge it and nudge it? And where do we stop? Um, in the fact that there was, uh, picking up on the question of the PC, the parish council, who didn't object the second time round, um, uh, was that an oversight on their part? Was it not clear to them what they were not, not objecting to? Um, I, I wonder, because I, mean, I know that Councillor uh, Gregory has had a, a fair amount of correspondence from the Parish Council subsequently, so one wonders if they clearly understood what they were responding to. Um, and the third point, on the question of tarmac or gravel, um, I understand why tarmac is not necessarily a countryside thing. But there is a compromise, though. I've seen quite nicely done compacted pea shingle. Mm. That's a much, much smaller gravel that's actually compressed into the uh, surface. It's either clay or a kind of tarmacadam. So you get something that looks more rural, but is actually um, quiet. 
So that's, that's my lot. Thank you very much, Councillor Pavitt. Councillor Storer. Thank you, Chair. Friend, I'm going to be awkward and disagree, or am I? Um, backland development or not, the principle of the development of this site for two houses has been established by virtue of the inspector's decision. But the inspector said two single-storey dwellings. And as I've said to some of you before, one of my many, many failings is that I'm a literalist. I take things literally. Outline permission has been granted for two single-storey houses. That, to me, is what we should be considering. We should be rejecting other things. So I will be voting against this on that simple basis. Question for us to determine, assuming, of course, that this is refused, is what the reasons uh, for that refusal would be. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Stowen. Mr Brown, you had your hand up. I'm, I'm worried again, to be honest. Um, I think Councillor Storer started off well there. <laughs> I think the principle, the principle of this being a back plan development is correct. You need to get over it, and the parish needs to get over it. There will be two dwellings approved on this site. That's been approved. And yes, I agree with Councillor Fairhurst. I hate back plan development as well, but there will be two dwellings on this site, whether they're absolutely pure dwellings with flat-roofed extensions, flat-roofed bungalows, so you can't go on the roof. There will be two dwellings there. That look hideous and they won't look right. So the, I don't, and also, but I'm picking up Councillor Stora's points. You don't refuse things on literal stuff. You've got to see what is wrong with this development. Simply, the, the developer, the, the inspector looked at this proposal and it's been to appeal twice, I should add, not once, it's been to appeal once. They applied for one, that got allowed on appeal, and then they applied for two and that got allowed on so, so it's been gone to an inspector twice in terms of the consideration on this property. It was approved on the basis of it being a single storey. I don't use the term one and a half storey because there's no such thing as one and a half storey. I use the term one, one, one storey with rooms and roof space. Whether you want to call that two or one, it's not really the issue. You've got to look at what's proposed in front of you and whether that causes a harm, whether it's rooms and the roof space or not. There are no windows overlooking those properties whatsoever. The parish have raised an objection, but I, I would suggest the parish haven't moved on in terms of, you know, they, but they have conceded that. They said the, pre, the PC have previously objected to this scheme and they're still objecting to it. I respect that, but, uh, but the fact is there is no comments which actually say what is wrong with these dwellings. They don't tower above the properties put in front of you. Avery Austin, in terms of the plans he's shown you, whether it's slightly higher, slightly lower, it's immaterial in terms of what we actually got. In terms, of you need to consider the impact on the on the on the on the on the street scene. But you need to get over the point that backland development has been approved. Councillor Freeman says, "I've got no problems with the dwellings themselves, but I've got problems with backland." Well, I don't care about the second bit. It's the first bit. Are the dwellings okay in principle? You know, in terms of what they look like. But it's not the literal sense. It's what does it look like and what does the impact it has on the street scene. And, uh, and I think that's what members need to be considering. So members, I'm going to be really quite anxious that we make this determine what's in front of you. And we're not being done over, Councillor Pavitt. This is an application that was approved for two dwellings on this site, and they're trying to come in with dwellings. We haven't had any other applications submitted for the actual design of the dwellings on this site. It's the first go. Thank you very much, Mr Brown. Councillor Reeve. No. Still muted. Yeah, 
sorry. I, That's okay. I was looking at the appeal document. Um, oh. uh, back with you now. I can see a question really. Um, drainage in the um, in the report. There seems to be some discussion about the drainage, and the neighbours have made comments about that. But there doesn't seem, and, and then the conclusion is that it's okay. But I don't understand how it's okay. Could could you just? Um, uh, Avgarinos, I'm probably saying your name wrong. I do apologise. Could you just explain how how it's okay the drainage, and the and the problem with the um, sewage overflows and the septic tanks and all that business? Yes, thank you, Councillor. Um, the drainage issue is an active um, case in the planning enforcement team uh, because the, the, there have been some works for some pipes. Uh, put underground on site. Um, they're not visible now, they're underground. I have pictures if, if you'd like me to show you. But it's not an issue because they will have to discharge a, a satisfactory drainage scheme. And this is a condition in the outline permission granted on appeal. So this is no issue whatsoever. Uh, it was um, uh, assessed by uh, the environment, environmental health officer, and the, the the officer who holds expertise knowledge on this issue said there's not that there's no um, harm whatsoever in terms of drainage in the existing net, net, uh, drainage network. So this issue is not resolved yet, but it will be resolved when they apply to discharge that condition. Thank just, you. Just to add to that, we've got point nine point two in the committee's report actually um, expresses the environmental aid sort of encompass all the issues with the suggested condition. I should also add issues around failed fail drainage would be a matter that is that is picked up through the building regulations as well. And so, so it's a, it's a combination of what we're going to achieve here in terms of trying to. This isn't going to add to the problem. It potentially will. The most thing it's going to have to have is a neutral effect. It's probably going to have a positive effect with the condition that's required. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, I, I maybe missed the condition uh, on that later. Thank you. The, the other, my only other comments. I've, I've listened to both um, Councillor Stora and and you, um, uh, Mr. Brown, very formally. Uh, I don't understand how. I know you're saying it's two two buildings, but I I, I read things literally as well and when it says two single stories that's what I read so I, and I know you're saying get over it but I'm just saying that I don't really understand what you're saying but I accept that you've said it can I add something to that madam chair yes please somebody else yeah um in the outline states the only issue that was considered then the only issues were the principle of the development and also the the, the access uh, it was not layout and it was not scale. Both the scale and layout are issues for this application you have in front of you. So even the, the, the planning inspector in the appeal decision says that this is only indicative, that the layout and the scale is only indicative. Um, so it is an issue for this committee to decide on this application. It was not an issue uh, then. Okay, I, I can understand that, but then I have to ask myself, why does he bother saying it? I, I, that's, I'm just struggling to understand all the rules here, but I, I, I'm hearing you. Yeah, okay. It's a steep learning curve, I think, Councillor Reeve. Um, Councillor Freeman, again, 
No? Okay, thank you if you take your hand down. Councillor Cardinal. Thank you, Chair. Um, uh, thank, thank you, Mr. Brown, for the, the small lesson there. Um, uh, I'm sort of with Councillor Storer on this, so it's very clear that it went to appeal and um, the inspector was quite clear in terms of the single-storey dwellings. Um, and as Councillor Storer said, so, but the principle of development has been established. So what we're looking at here is the scale and the layout. So I, I would suggest that the scale of the design before us is far too large for the site and the location. Uh, and I, I also agree that I think if, if you're going to go to appeal on the basis of two single-storey dwellings, and you're successful, and the inspector makes the point of calling out he's happy for two single-storey dwellings, then I'd like to see a design here in front of me that is two single-storey dwellings. Uh, and I think um, as the scale and design was not a, a material consideration at the time because it was only outlined, I think that's something that we could quite legitimately question in this particular application. For me, I think the... The scale of the, of the dwelling is far too far too big for that area, uh, and I, I also don't like backland development. But I accept better by the parish council and the residents to make sure that the scale and design is sufficient uh, and is not overbearing. Thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. Councillor Sutton. I tend to feel that, um, you know, it is slightly bigger than a one storey, perhaps, but it's only some windows in a, in a roof. Um, so I have to sort of feel that, you know, Nigel is probably right. Um, the principle has been established. They don't really tell. And most of all, their visual aspect. I mean, you can't really see it from the road scene. So the only thing that I would like to see, whatever's decided, is that the pea shingle idea Council Pavert is actually um, written into um, into a, a request for for that to go forward. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Sutton. Uh, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you for allowing me to come back. I, I just wanted to ask a question, really. I, I do worry about this permitted development because I do believe they would get it if uh, on that basis. And I also know, I don't know if you read the papers, but from September the 1st, yes. I think it's September the 1st, planning is changing where you can build an extension, don't need to come before this committee. So, uh, um, you know, that's also a bit of a worry. If they waited a little bit longer, they may get it without even having to come here. Um, but I, um, what I really want to know is the expiry date is the 3rd of August. It's an extension of time. Um, so why are we seeing it today when there's a couple of weeks or even a few weeks to the 3rd of August? when that would have given people, if they wanted to object, more time. So uh, if, if you could explain that, Mr. Brown, I'd be very grateful. The extension of time was only, so I'll pick up your second or first point in a minute. Um, but the, the extension of time was literally to, because we've had, we've got on with committees, but there are some cases, and to be honest with you, this might have been really for the last committee, but because of the load, so some meet, some through no fault of officers and no fault of members, mem things are to going to back. So all that everything else has to do is secure a, an extension of time. It's not an extension of time for consultation. It's an extension of time to allow him to determine the application. Um, so it's, it's just an agreement with the applicant to allow, give it time to go to committee. 
Um, picking up your point about the permitted development rights, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, there is, I mean, regardless of the changes, there is that there is there is still options for people to utilise the roof space. And I think if members, if and I am really anxious about this, but if members are mindful to move to refuse this, I think we do need to see what the difference is between the two. Because one of these properties is what you would call unadulterately, purely what single dimension. It's the bungalow. There's no rooms in the room space. Am I right, Abrinos, looking at that? Yes. Got the, uh, yeah, so I think members just need to look at that one and how it differs from the other one and whether that makes any difference in terms of it. So I just want members, because we're only talking about one of these dwellings. One's purely single story, and I don't mean there's any question about that. And the second one is, 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 is a larger single story dwelling with rooms in the roof space. And I think that's the thing that member, members need to consider whether that in itself causes harm before moving yeah. forward. So, so. Can, can, can I just. Uh, yeah. Follow up on something. Thank you. I need to show you this again. So, mm -hmm. basically, um, on the front elevation, I don't think I have here. There are no first floor windows on the bedroom. These are roof lights here. So, there's really no issue of overshadowing. So, I'm. I don't see how this. Plot one dwelling would be overbearing whilst being 30 meters away from the neighboring properties to the north. And how this dwelling, for example, um, is not overbearing but just next to this bungalow. I, I don't know if, if you can follow my yeah. rationale. This is 30 centimeters difference, which is quite negligible in my mind. This is basically just a rule. Uh, and it will have here uh, a hedgerow which will be retained and will be 30 meters high at all times in perpetuity. And this will be conditioned. That's one of my conditions. That's one of the conditions that I am recommending for the members. Um, this is, of course, single story. But I think the design is very sophisticated. And I think it is a matter of the members to decide whether this will go forward or perhaps a, a worse scheme in the future. So to, I, I would bear this in mind because if you see the streets in, there are no material differences. We cannot, we, we can, I don't think, at least in my mind, that this would, this would be overbearing, being 30 meters away from the neighboring properties to the north. I get the gravel, um, I, I get the argu arguments about the noise because of the gravel. And as I said uh, again, um, I discussed this with the, the, the agent. They will be happy to have a condition and change that. Uh, but for the overbedding argument, I, I don't see how we, we could support that. And also for the backland development issue. Um, I know this is backland development is a notion not very popular in this committee. So sorry to say this, but uh, it's policy eight four for backland development. So it's council policy, and it was refused by committee decision at outline stage on policy eight four, but only on the grounds of noise and disturbances, not on overbearing effects or something like that. Um, or any uh, harm to the amenity of the neighbouring occupiers. Okay, thank you very much.
Sorry, can I just one? I'm going to do one more thing. Sorry, sorry, Chairman. Just before Everina on shares. Yeah. If you look at the one on the the right, which is where exception is purely single story, the one on the left has a room in the roof space looking back. You could change from that to that under permitted development, picking up uh, picking up a Genesis point. I think there's an issue. Could you do the dorm round of permitted development, Everina? You probably could, couldn't you? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So you could do. You could do. Actually, you could do a lot more. You could do a lot more than that under the minimum. And before members ask, if members were going to, you, you can't insist upon two of those. So I'm not, I'm pointing, you can't see this. Two of these purely single, and you've got no justification to take those PD rights away because the, a, a lesser is absolutely an issue, which I don't think there is here, to be frank. So I think Council Lachlan picked up the really good point. And that's before we start seeing the disastrous, and I will actually say it, the disastrous requirements that they've been bringing in in terms of permitted developments, in terms of loft spaces, it's a lot more drastic than what yeah. you can already do under PD. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, if we can unshare again. Um, thank you. Um, can I, I'll just say, I actually, I quite like the design of these buildings, and I, I don't like background development. Um, I think I... I don't think they're overlooking. I don't. I think the, the two, the one and a half story. It's at the back, so it's not overlooking. I have so apart from the fact that it's backland, I quite I can see no reason. And going with Council Auckland's, um, what she was saying as well, I can see no reason to refuse this. Anyway, um, Councillor Caton. Oh, thank you, Madam Chairman. You've kind of taken the words out of my. Now, I do apologise. <laughs> um, it does, as a newbie, as a new boy on this committee, I mean, I'm not hooked up maybe so much on backland development as some more established members uh, seem to be. It does seem from the, the uh, elevations from the streets that these properties are, are not going to be overbellowing on the street scene. I mean, I agree with Councillor Sutton in the fact that, you know, we have had two appeals on this site. I mean, I do think it will be quite, can I say frivolous, to go on a th for a third uh, appeal on a certain, something that's ex extremely subjective um, and therefore I'm along with Councillor Lachlan on this one. Thank you very much, Councillor Caton. Um, I'm going to go to Councillor LeCount first, and Councillor Freeman has already spoken, and as has Councillor Fairhurst and Bagnall. So, Councillor LeCount. Actually, I haven't spoken, Madam Chairman. I turned away. Sorry, you did. I do apologise. I'll come back to you next after Councillor LeCount. Thank you. I have a very, very simple question, really. It's, it's really to... Uh, Mr. Brown, uh, on the basis if we do refuse this, Mr. Brown, does this go back to another appeal? Uh, and if that's the case, could the inspector just come back and say two single-storey dwellings with rooms in the in the roof, uh, and therefore we've wasted all this time? So, could you just give me some advice on that? Obviously, it's an option open to the applicant to appeal. Um, you know, he may come back with two pure dwellings, pure bungalows, but I think, yeah, my, my view is if he appeals, because he has appealed previously, and I think we will be on a very dodgy wicket at, at appeal in terms of bearing in mind 
where we actually are, um, because I think you know even if you, if you so I, you know, I think we are in a slightly different. But that's I think as especially as we've had two appeals on this basis of this site. Okay, is that okay, Councillor Lecount? Thank you very much. Okay, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Madam Chairman. Uh, I just wanted to point out as a point of information for all of us, uh, the fact that the Parish Council didn't object second time round doesn't mean that the Parish Council did not object. Very often, sitting on Parish Councils myself, when something's come back, uh, they've uh, said, well, we still have the same objections as last time, and the planning, uh, uh, planning service has got that. And so they actually don't bother to state them a second time round. Obviously, they should. And now, in my own town council, we do. But we can't assume that the fact that they were silent second time round, that they are actually perfectly OK with it. That's all I wanted to say. No, I mean, I, that picking up Councillor Freeman's point, that's absolutely... The only way you can undo an objection is by rate... If they came back and said, we support the application, that would undo the previous objection, i.e. any amendments would have overcome it. But I agree. And silence does not necessarily say they support the application or don't object. I, I accept that. No. Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Bagnall. Thank you, Chair. I, I just wanted to respond to, to what I was hearing as if you don't approve this, you will be getting something worse, potentially. Uh, I don't like that. Um, I think we should stick to planning issues uh, and we shouldn't be um, coerced into deciding one way or another because of the consequences of doing it the other way. Uh, I'd, I'd like to stick to... Oh, you've frozen. Is it me? Is it him or is it us? Yes, Councillor, yeah. Yeah, okay, right. I just, I, can I just, I mean, I'm, he may not be able to hear me, but just to clarify Councillor Bagnall's point, I did not say you get something worse. Councillor Lachlan raised the absolutely fundamental issue about pre-application for um, permitted development fallback, and it won't be worse, it will be just different, and it'll be more. So that's all it is. I'm not necessarily saying it was going to be worse. Okay, um, I think, Councillor, I'm going to... Few seconds. No. Oh, has he gone? Has he left, Mr. Gibson? Chairman, yeah, I, mean, I as Councillor Bagnall's gone, I think we need to do a journey until he comes back. I was just waiting. Yeah, I have to wait until he comes back. Yeah, yes. I don't. I don't want him to forego his right to appeal no. because if he disappeared even for any discussion, yes. I know. He's definitely left the room, Chair. Yes. If I could confirm, that is the position. If we don't adjourn during his absence, then he will have to recuse himself from a vote because he was not present for the entirety of the application. I just suggest we take a five-minute just adjournment. Yes. yes, he's back. He's back now, Chair. I think. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm not sorry, he's gone again. Thank you. Oh. Okay, let's take a five-minute adjournment. I'm here. Oh, you're there. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, didn't you? We're all thinking that we're going to get a coffee there as well. Never Apologies. Did, did you hear any of that? Yes, we heard most. I think we heard most of it. Yes. Chairman, can I just can I just revert back to what I said? I mean, I, I'm not going to we're not going to get an argument because I answered your question. Obviously, you didn't hear the answer. Okay. Fair the question. I just said I didn't imply that what you would get would be something worse. What I was implying was picking up Councillor Lachlan's point of what you could do under permitted development. You could get more under permitted element. That's all I was inferring. I'm not uh, saying it necessarily would be worse. Nigel, I wasn't responding to your comment. I was responding to the officer's comment. Right, okay. 
Fair point, but hopefully we... I, didn't, I, don't, I don't appreciate the way that went. That's all. I just wanted to point that out. Okay. Thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chair. This has been a very interesting discussion for me um, on a purely academic level because it raised two important questions about our, our function here today. Um, the first is, is our role here, um, and it's been argued quite um, plausibly that we should face the realities of pragmatism and that if we say no to this, it's going to go back again, um, PD rights um, and all sorts of things, and we should consider those things when we make a decision today. If we refuse this, it could come back. If we refuse, it can go to appeal. Um, and that's a pragmatic approach. And I respect that. I might argue on the contrary, though, that our job is simply to look at what's in front of us, apply the rules, the planning rules, as, as Council Freeman tends to, and simply say, does it qualify in terms of those rules or doesn't it? And that's a different approach. Um, it's not for us to decide whether it's going to win or lose an appeal. It's not for us to decide we will get an uglier building. Our job is simply to apply planning policies. The second question, which I find very interesting, is, is the one that was raised by Nigel Brown. And in fact, I tend to support him on this. And that's the Councillor Storer versus Brown case, Locus Classicus. Um, Councillor Storer raised the point of being a literalist. Um, which I'm going to copy in the future, um, and stick by the words as they're meant instead of the parallel evidence rule, instead of which um, we should rather instead look at it and say, does it comply with the requirements, regardless of whether it's one or one and a half stories or whatever? And, and I tend to support Nigel Brown on this. And that is that I think the inspector may have erred um, in favour of supporting a backdoor development. That's his business. That's a matter of fact, and access rights to be approved. But the question today is not so much whether this meets with the requirements that the inspector demand, but whether it meets with the requirements for planning approval. And so, as I said in the beginning, I believe, I personally believe it is overbearing. That's my opinion. And I believe that it, 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 it has a question of scale. I feel personally that if the two houses we were looking at were both of that small one-story creature in that picture that Averinos showed us, um, I'd be hard put to, to avoid it because it not only meets the inspection, but it doesn't look overbearing. It looks like it fits in with the process. Yes, I hate backdoor development, but that's the part we can't question. Um, but as it stands at the moment, Madam Chairman, you're going to hate news, but I propose refuse it because it doesn't, because it's overbearing. It's simply not doesn't comply with the requirements of overbearing and scale, and, and, and it's not in keeping with the character that we currently have. Well, yes, I, I think I do, because I was going to, I was going to, I, I think next time, I, if you're the last one, I'm not going to let you speak, and I'm going to, if I'm going to propose, because I was going to propose the opposite, never mind. So we are where we are. Um, so does sorry, that... Can I just, sorry, can I just clarify with Councillor Fairhurst the reasons for refusing? Yes. Are we talking, we're talking Gen 2, are we? Yeah, scale, everybody, yeah. Yeah, they're all covered in Gen 2. We can do that. Yeah. Okay, but does this have a second? Councillor Freeman. Thank Councilor you. Freeman, would you be kind enough to say so for the benefit yes. of the audio record, please? I do so say for the benefit of the audio record. Thank you. Sorry, thank you. Thank you, Councillor Freeman. So... Um, 
The application has been proposed to be refused by Councillor Fairhurst, seconded by Councillor Freeman. Over to you, Ms. Smith. Thank you, Madam Chair. I'll call the register. The proposal before you is to refuse. Councillor Bagnall? Agree with the proposal. So, so that is to refuse? Refuse. Councillor Caton? Approve. So you disagree, disagree with the proposal? Yes, I disagree. You're, you're against? Thank you. Councillor Fairhurst? For the proposal. Thank you. Councillor Freeman? For the proposal. Councillor LeCount? Against. Councillor Lemon? Against. Councillor Lachlan? I'm against Backland, but in this case, I'm not against. I'm against this motion. Thank you. Councillor Merrifield? Against. Thank you. Councillor Pavitt? For the motion. Councillor Reeve? Against the motion. Councillor Stora? For the motion. Councillor Sutton? Against. Thank you. Thank you, that. I think you based Councillor Merrifield out again. I did. I've got her, I've got her down as a vote against. She, she got me this time. She got me this time. You've now got an arrow on my list for the present moment, but have five in favour of the motion to refuse and, and, seven for ref, and seven against the motion. So therefore... That motion is defeated. Okay, so, um, Councillor Sutton. I just wanted to ask, do we put a condition, if we now agree, does that, do we put a condition about the, you know, uh, the shingle or whatever, something? Well, obviously, oh, hang on. Yeah, obviously we're waiting for a further proposal, but any proposer, if they wanted to propose approval, may want to take up the other option of adding that condition. Um, so at the moment, yeah, you would have to specifically propose that additional condition. Councillor, yes, would you like to propose Councillor Sutton? Yeah. Can I propose that and ask for a, uh, a, I'd rather see a shingled drive of some description that was tight rather than actually a lot of, uh, you know, um, whatever the other tarmac. If that's at all possible to ask for. I'll second that. Yeah, thank you very on, much. Can I just make, can I make that clear? That's, that's the more comfortable way forward as far as planners are concerned, but that seems to be, a, isn't that different to what was originally being considered? Um, wasn't it the original proposal for it to be tarmac rather than fee shingle because of the, because of the impact on the neighbours? But something that tight, that was tight so that it didn't make the noise, I just feel that the tarmac is very aggressive on a country, you know, within the country view, really. Councillor Pavitt suggested the shingle that was sort of packed tight and it looks more, um, looks more um, country. It's not so noisy. Yeah. Right. We, we know what 
if this gets added as a condition, the members approve it. We are mind, we know what exactly what we're talking about. We want something that reduces the noise impact upon the neighbours whilst not looking too urban. So I think we could put a condition on that we agree the conditions of the surfacing. And I think you can trust us to do because we're on this, we're at, really are on the same page regarding that particular issue. And so, so, so details of surfacing to be submitted prior to development. Thank you very Madam, much. Madam Chair, uh, uh, I have my hand raised. I don't know Sorry. if you noticed. I was, I was, no, I, I was looking, I was looking at Nigel when he was talking there. Sorry, Councillor Reeve. Yeah. Uh, if we're adding a condition, are we allowed to add another one? I noticed on the single story building that there looked like some uh, solar panels on there, uh, but I didn't see them mentioned anywhere in the text. Can we um, request or condition that they actually be applied? They're in the drawing. I think they're windows. No. Are, they, are they windows? No, in the they're not windows. They are solar panels, if I may, Madam Chair. They are solar panels on the air elevation, if I remember correctly. They are, these are not only on uh, plot two dwelling. Uh, That's right. Yeah, the one, uh, the, but they are facing south due, uh, due to yes. the sun. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we will. If the plan is approved, they will have to do that. But for clarity, we can add a condition, I guess, Nigel. Yeah, because I think, if I understand, especially this type of application, it being on a drawing doesn't necessarily mean that it would happen unless it's unless it's somehow requested. Maybe I'm again wrong there. No, that, you are, I would like you are, it to be requested. So you are saying that if, if we don't specifically mention it, they won't specifically have to do it. Um, and that, that's the issue. But what, what I'm toying with the idea is whether or not that is actually reasonable to insist that they do it, simply because they've said they're going to do it. I think it's a bit disproportionate. I think if they put solar panels there, they're unlikely to do it. Um, but I don't think it is reasonable for us to insist that they do it. Um, because, you know... I also think that number one is doesn't look that practical to put yeah. solar panels on it. No, I'm not not on number one. Just just to put the ones where they're shown is all I'm saying. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you totally, Gazler. Even that you you're calling them on. They've put some those solar panels on because that looks really good. That'll well, it could be viewed as looking good. <laughs> but then someone's put solar panel. That looks really good. Looks really better. And then and then you've called them. Say right, okay. You put solar panels on. Make sure you do it. Um, now I know the. Whether that's a reasonable thing to do is another question, but it's within your gift if you want to put that condition on. And uh, so, I propose we do in that case. Yeah, and that's in that case you're saying that you put them that the property can't. I don't know what you need to put a trigger on as well. So you can't say that. Obviously, you can't say you need to put them on before the development. You, were you saying they need to be put in within six months of occupation of the dwelling, for instance? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think that would, yeah, I think that will probably do because we can't, be, may not, they need to occupy it, then put it in. So I think within six months, miles of months of occupation of plot two, isn't it? It's plot two. Yeah. Obviously, we need to check with the proposer that she's happy with that to be added as well. Yeah. Okay, so this application for approval. Proposed by Councillor Sutton, seconded by Councillor Caton, sorry. Councillor LeCount. Councillor LeCount, sorry. And um, all those to approve and over to you, Elizabeth. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the motion before you now is to approve the application with the two additional conditions as to driveway materials and solar panels. Right, Councillor Bagnall. I did have my hand up, Chair. Sorry, I thought I, I, sorry, I just caught the eye just as I, I said that. Sorry. I was, I was trying to jump in on the conversation about the solar panels and I would disagree with Mr Brown. I think it should be prior to occupation because if they haven't put them in before occupation, they're not going to end up in there. So if Councillor Reeve really wants solar panels, they need to be prior to occupation. That is uh, completely unreasonable as a condition. Okay. That is completely unreasonable as a condition. That's, that's my opinion. Uh, and I yeah, but it's completely unreasonable as a condition, Councillor Bagnall. Okay. Okay, so I'm against the motion. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Caden? For. Councillor Fairhurst? Against. Councillor Freeman? Against. Councillor Account? For. Councillor Lemon? For. Councillor Laughlin? No. Councillor Merrifield? Or. Councillor Pavitt? Against. Councillor Reeve? For. Councillor Stora? For. Councillor Sutton? Yes, I'm still muted, Councillor Sutton. Four, sorry, four. Thank you. That's eight in favour of the motion and two against, so it's carried. Thank you. It's only ten. There's twelve of us. I think it was four against. Four against, yeah. yeah. Four against, yeah. Thank you. Right, I, I suggest we take a five-minute adjournment, yeah? Thank you very much. So we're back at... Um, yeah, yeah. What time is it? Yeah. At 22. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. We're live, Chair. Thank you very much. Welcome back. And agenda item five, UTT 192852, FUL, land west of Stortford Road in Clavering. And it's Mr. Chris Tyler um, presenting this one. Good afternoon, Chris. Hi. Uh, thanks, Chair. Thank you, Chair. I just want to check you can see that. We can, thank you. Thank you. So this is land west of Stortford Road in Clavering. Uh, the application site is located to the west of Stortford Road in Clavering. It includes an undeveloped plot of land on a slightly raised elevation from the highway. The front of the site includes some mature trees and vegetation. 
this application considers the technical details following approval at appeal of a planning and principal application, uh, which includes eight bungalows and access from the highway. But the proposal is considered to have an appropriate layout and won't have any overdeveloped or cramped appearance. It includes appropriate private garden space, off street parking and highway access. No objections have been raised by the count, uh, parish council. One objection has been raised by a neighbouring dwelling. Uh, this is outlined in paragraph 10 of the committee report. Um, no objections have been raised by statutory consultees regarding highway safety, ecology or contamination. These following slides include the proposed dwellings and garages. Uh, they include external materials of brick, render and weather bulging. The proposal will include six semi-detached properties and two detached properties. This slide demonstrates the existing and proposed street scene. It's proposed to retain as much of the front boundary vegetation include some further landscape enhancement, including planting of trees along the northern boundary to provide a buffer area between the site uh, and the neighbouring property, a tree planting to the front of the site and hedgerow planting to the back. This photo shows the access point along Stalford Road. The clearance in the existing vegetation provides appropriate access location. is to the north of Stalford Road, heading into the centre of the village. This photo shows the neighbouring dwellings. Uh, they include bungalow properties set back behind hedgerow frontage and also higher ground level. This photo is within the application site with a view to the adjacent residential development of Barley Close and the village shop. This last photo includes the neighbouring bungalow property. So in conclusion, taking into consideration the details set out in the committee report, the development is considered appropriate and recommended for approval subject to conditions. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. So can I just say it's very nice to see a development of um, bungalows. Very nice indeed. Um, so, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, you probably can't do this, but um, in view of the last application, um, can we condition that these remain as bungalows, or um, if they don't, will they have to go back to the planning committee uh, for approval for a change? Or will that be permitted development as the last one? Because I hate to see the loss of bungalows. Not saying that will happen, but um, you never know. Um, we uh, permitted development rights would allow it to um, convert the loft space and add a rear dormer window. Um, I would leave it up to your consideration if you felt permitted development rights should be removed. Well, I. Am I allowed to ask that now that they are removed? Maybe Nigel could 
Yeah. I'm going to put this. You've got it's within your gift to take away preventive development rights, but you're going to have to have a reason to do it. And I wouldn't use what you've just been speaking no, as no, a reason to do it. That's the issue because. Um, well, the reason I would ask for it for the impact uh, on the neighbouring properties or surrounding properties. I think I think you probably. So I'm not saying it's your gift anyway, but I mean, I, th I think you might be justified there because what you've got along those, it's a row of bungalows, almost all the way, almost totally across that band, across that length. So anything that goes a bit, I don't think this is that you could end up with a similar one in terms of chalets, roof spaces, quite a lot under PD, right? So I think if, if members are mindful to do that, we can do that. Obviously, the inspect, they have the right to appeal against that condition. They've got that right to, to remove right. that condition if they should, yeah. if that's up to them. It's, it's, yeah. It could be considered reasonable, yeah. Yeah, no, yes. Well, I would like to propose that if the rest of the committee are agreeable, of course. Thanks. Thank you. Um, Councillor Fairhurst. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea. I think I think that the we, we refused this before with the rural character, but now it's been passed. Um, it looks like rather a nice development. Uh, and if those trees are kept, the view will be rather pleasant because you've got a lovely growth, growth of hedges and things between it. So I'm in favour of this process. And I think if we remove PD rights, you end up with a rather nice row of bungalows. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, sorry just, just talking on that, but one thing I've got to say is obviously it doesn't mean they can never have anything in it. They'll just have to apply for it. So we're not, and so there's no, you know, it's not actually removing any anything they wouldn't have, they just have to apply. And also, with the fact that if the law is going to change, that's going to, you know, muck it around anyway, isn't it? Possibly. Well, that'd be good. Anyway, Councillor Caton. Uh, thanks. Uh, on this theme, I mean, is it possible because it's the, into the approach of the village, it's actually it actually kind of softens the approach to the village. So could we not use that as a reason as well? I mean, I know we've, we've had this discussion about in, in Newport about, you know, the, the abrupt nature of, of uh, two-storey houses in, on the entrance. It would apply, seem to apply here even more. I think you're probably right, Councillor Clayton. I think, Councillor, I mean, picking this up, it wasn't just a slight bloody-mindedness. We've got bungalows, that's all we want. I mean, okay, that's what we want. But the fact is, there is a good reason for that. It's an entrance to the village, and it's quite, it could be a sensitive site if, if PD takes over. And, and anything needs to be, because we're not saying they can't do anything, but they'll have to apply, and we'll have to consider it in terms of its impact, in, in terms of the entrance. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Madam Chairman. Uh, I live in a house with its uh, permitted development rights removed when I bought it. And so I have to apply for planning consent for almost anything. And I usually get it. And then I go and do my bit. I think it's an excellent idea to remove the planning, uh, the permitted development rights. Because otherwise, uh, you know, you'll lose uh, what is a soft start to the village and you'll lose some of your bungalows. Uh, of course, people will develop them. Having said that, we all know that coming down the line, uh, they're going to throw away planning committees, they're going to throw away this, that and the other, and you're able to build whatever you like anyway. But for the moment, we have to do what we do. So that's what we do. If tomorrow's different. Right now, we do what we do, and taking away the P 
PDs for those eight dwellings would be a good thing in my view. Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Levin. Yes, I'd just like to propose approval of this as long as they're kept as bungalows. Thank you very much. Councillor Bagnall. Um, oh, thank you. Sorry, I mean, sorry, sorry. I mean, Madam Chair. Um, we already have a proposal for approval subject to removal of um, permitted development rights. So subject to your agreement, if Councillor Lemon would like to be considered to be the seconder. We hadn't, no, Councillor Lemon. Who, who proposed in the first place? Councillor Lockley. Oh, oh sorry, Councillor I do apologise. Our second, uh, Councillor Thank you very much. But I will let, if you bear with me, I will let Councillor Bagnall speak uh, because his hand... Yeah, just, uh, just to, I just wanted to check because the proposal that we're currently approving doesn't say bungalows, it just says erection of eight dwellings and access from the highway. So does that matter? What, sorry, what has happened is in, that is the recommendation. So the officer's report didn't recommend taking away permitted development rights, but the proposal from the members of the planning committee, assume it goes through, have, have requested that added. So it's, it's fine, it's, it's, it's an amendment to the recommendation to add to take away the permit, so it doesn't matter. It's fine. Sorry, the, the point I'm making, the point I'm making is that the proposal, as worded in the paperwork, doesn't say. Three point one. It just says dwellings. If you look at the proposal, it doesn't mention the word bungalow. So if we approve the proposal, we are approving dwellings. But it does. But in three. 3.2 says the proposal will include the following housing details and 3.3 has plots, the, the table plots with plot 1 to 8 house type and they're all bungalows. No, I'm trying to, trying to just determine that we're not setting ourselves up for approving just dwellings. So as long as it's clear that we're approving bungalows, I'm fine with that. I'm not a single story dwellings, Madam Chairman. Uh, yeah, and I, and I agree. Yeah. Picking up Councillor Bagnall's point, you're quite right. And I, I hate the word cottages, I hate the word chalets, I hate the word all those things. A bungalow's bungalow. But the fact they haven't specified a bungalow isn't necessarily a problem because part of the planning permission that we would grant will also have planning drawings and it has to be built in accordance. So if they decide they're not going to build these bungalows, notwithstanding you taking away the permitted development rights, you're not going to build these bungalows, they're just going to build some solid two bedroom, two story houses. They haven't got permission for that because it's not in accordance with the approved plan. So the, the plans that were submitted are covered within the planning permission as a matter of course anyway. So don't worry about that. that always not specify single story? Well, I was, I was going to say that. Could we not say single store, a single story? Um, well, I wouldn't do that because you're going to be back in exactly the same scenario that you were last time. Um, you're approving what's in front of you, which is the bungalows. Those plans are exactly what you've approved. And what, you're, what we're going to be doing if the recommendation goes through is you can't do anything else. You're actually taking away issues such as loft conversions, all those type of things going back. So you won't be able to do those things. So the, I think we're overthinking this. I think what you, you probably don't, don't get, what we don't appreciate what we always do when we approve planning permission. You're tying them to the plans. And so it's those dwellings that are those ones there. Um, and, and you don't need to do anything else. That Those plans are exactly what you've just seen, and they just showed them as bungalows. 
Okay. okay. All right, fine. I'm not going to take, unless it's actually from a point of order, we haven't got a proposal in front of us. So, Councillor Reeve and Bagnall, yeah. um, I'm just really, it shouldn't be. I mean, it's, a point, it's a point of correction, Chair. It's a point of correction. So, the, the trouble is, we've had applications that give us plans, indicative plans. And then they get changed. So I think this we're trying to protect ourselves. These these aren't indicative plans. These are the plans. This is these are that's the I, I get your point completely. I mean, the thing if we are approving outline planning permission, then you would be saying, yeah, we only want these to be single stories. Then I'll be saying, make them. You know, we've come up with that. Yeah, but yeah. So we, we are approving the plans. But, so we need to be careful. Sorry, chair, to labour it, but we need to be careful because this is. It's, it doesn't say full on the application. It says PIP, which is planning in principle. No, I've, the, got, I've got false. I think Chris can clarify what... Mine, mine says planning in principle. That was going to be my question, Chair. Right, okay, okay. So that, that, going on this, what was, what was given to me on the... It's not, it's not FUL, it's PIP. I wish somebody corrected me when I said that at the beginning. Because I don't know, Andy. Can we just can we yes. all talk over, please? Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. I read out what was on my speakers list because that's the one I can't have. So I don't have lots of bits of paper. I go with what is on my item. With who's speaking and whatever, and it's got full there. Yes, and that's what it is. Is a full application? Uh, let Chris clarify this, I think, okay. suggest. Thank you very much. Uh, so, the top of the report is uh, yeah, uh, UTT 19 forward slash 28524. And in, in the proposal, it's um, if this is the technical details following the approval of, of a uh, planning in principle application, which was allowed at appeal. Yeah. This, this is an unnecessary complication, which the government's very good at doing at the moment. You used to have an outline plan admission and a reserve matters application, a DFO application, which is a norm. And now you have a PIP and a technical details. And the only difference is the technical details is more the, the planning in principle condition is, is a little bit looser than the outline permission is. And the technical details are a little bit more tighter than what the TFO is. So it's, it is the full. But I can get, I totally get the confusion. <laughs> okay, right, that's fine, because that's, yeah, I've seen the other one, but I saw this, so I thought, like, that's it, it's fine. All right, so, okay. Um, Council, oh, I've forgotten who proposed. Council Lachlan, was it? Yes, Council Lachlan proposed. Council Lemon seconded to approve this application. So over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you very much. Sorry, Sorry. subject to the removal of the permitted development rights. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, Madam Chairman, uh, we, have a, we have a proposal to approve the application subject to the removal of permitted development rights. Now, if I can take the register, please. Councillor Bagnall? Approve. Councillor Caton? Approve. Councillor Fairhurst? Approve. Councillor Freeman. Approve. Councillor LeCount. 
Could you speak up a little? I'm afraid you sounded a little blurred. Approve. Approve. Councillor Lemon. Approve. Councillor Lochan. Approve. Councillor Merrifield. Approve. Councillor Pavitt. Approve. Councillor Reid. Approve. Councillor Stora. Approve. Councillor Sutton. Approve. That's approved unanimously. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, so, item, agenda item six, UTT 201143FUL, Saffron Walden County High School, Audley End Road, Saffron Walden. And is it Rosemary Clark or is it Chris Tyler doing this again? It's Chris. Thank you very sorry, much. Sorry, Thank Chairman, me again. Um, we were having meant to have a public speaker. Is he? Oh, he's in the room, right? I just wanted to check that he was around. Sorry. Carry on. Okay. Thank you very much. So, it's Mr. Tyler, thank you very much, Chris. Right. You can see the presentation. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, this application seeks to vary uh, condition eight of a previously approved, uh, the previously approval of a artificial football pitch. Parking. Condition eight included the installation of 10 electronic vehicle charging points. This application seeks to vary that condition and amend the location of them. Uh, as set out in the committee report and recently submitted information, reasoning for the variation of this condition includes uh, the estimated cost of the uh, charging points alone would be £25,000. The financial impact of installing the 10 charging units make the development unviable to continue with. The installation of the charging points is likely to require a new substation at the cost of up to £65,000. Um, the school and charity football club does not have these funds to meet these additional costs. Um, although outside of the air quality management area, the environmental health officer has recommended 5.5 uh, charging points. Uh, and this has come some way to address that. The proposed location of the charging points, uh, as shown on the plan, uh, so two would be in the existing car park for the school, and two would be in the new car park for the uh, football pitch. Um, the location of uh, putting two in the school, uh, the existing school car park, will just make more efficient use of the uh, charging points. Um, the journeys of users uh, of the football pitch will be shortened as they currently have to travel from Linton, Averhill, Canborn, and even as far as Epping to use such facility like this. Um, so taking into consideration the details set out in the report, the application is recommended for approval. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and we have Mr. Matt Clare, who's the agent for this speak so mr clear hello hi can you hear me okay yes we can 
Okay, thank you very much. Um, I'm assuming uh, that you've all seen the, the background paper um, explaining the disproportionate additional cost associated with providing more than four um, electric vehicle charge points um, and also explaining that the charge points won't be available for the public for any more than 30% of each week with it being a school site which is uh, closed by barriers and gates um, and also explaining that this is the only district in Essex without a 3G artificial grass pitch. So we've been working on this for 10 years to bring this facility to the town. Um, I should start by saying that, that both the school, who is the applicant, and the football club, uh, Saffron Modern Community Youth Football Club, support the overall ambition. Um, they're very much on board. I actually drive an electric car as myself, as it happens. Um, so I, I do know a fair bit about these facilities. The school also recognises that amending a planning condition is not, as a rule, a satisfactory thing to do. But um, what I'm saying to you is that this is an exceptional case. All of the fundraising for this scheme is coming from a very limited school budget, from a charity, which is the football club, from the football foundation, and ultimately from community fundraising. It's a community facility in a school. It's not for profit, and this is not a housing developer. So we've got a £1 million scheme here with the budget already stretched to breaking point. None of the partners can fund anything more than four electric vehicle charge points on here. There just isn't anything more available. And this is the position of all of the funding partners. So the scheme's at a tipping point or close to the tipping point with four charge points and any more changes to that scheme just isn't viable. So without repeating all of the detail that's in the, um, the two emails that I sent to, to Chris Tyler, um, we're appealing to you to approve this application. We have a simple choice here, really. Four charge points and a 3G artificial grass pitch facility of genuine world-class in the district, or insist on more charge points and, frankly, bury the project and have no charge points at all. Uh, the scheme's being campaigned for and funded by literally thousands of people over a long period of time, all of whom will be affected by the wrong outcome today. And that's all, all I wanted to say. I'm very happy to take any questions and discuss any of the detail if anyone needs more information. Thank you very much, Mr. Clare. Thank you. Councillor Stora. Thank you, Chair. Yes, the, the only issue uh, that's of concern to me is the charging points in this respect. I have to admit to a, a degree of confusion, although I think Mr. Clare has helpfully clarified some of that. We have four figures referred to in the documentation, as far as I can see, with regard to the number of charging points. These are 2.2, 4, 5.5 and 10. Now, 10 was the condition that we imposed late last year. I wonder if we can remember the reasons as to why we went for 10. That was led by, suggested by Councillor Fairhurst, and I, I went to listen to the recording again this morning and wrote it down. I don't know if Councillor Fairhurst remembers this, but just think about this. It's a detailed technical argument. 
I think 10's a lovely number, was the quote. Now, personally, I've never heard that, any reference to things like that before in a, a planning discussion, so I think we might struggle on that. So I'm, personally, I'm happy to shy away from 10 on that basis. And it brings us down to uh, the other two, um, which are, um, oh, sorry, the other three. These being the ones referred to by Mr. Clare in his very helpful email. And um, the requirement there is theoretically two, but he's proposing four. Now, when in the case officer's report, the environmental health officers require, in theory, 5.5. My preference, given I've read the documentation, given what Mr. Clare has just said to us uh, about the, uh, the derivation of the scheme and its benefits as well, and what's likely to happen to it in the future, I would urge his members to be pragmatic. And on that basis, uh, when the time comes, I'd like to propose, not yet, I'm in your hands on this, Chair, I'd like to propose um, approval of this particular application on that basis. Thank you. I will come back to you, Councillor Stora. Um, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, I have a, a point of information here. Uh, basically, I'm very happy with four charging points. I don't have a problem with that. The reason why, uh, in a context, three of my neighbours have electric cars. Uh, three of my neighbours have Teslas. Uh, and I'm looking at one, no, I'm not looking at one now, it's not there, but anyway. Uh, and the point about electric vehicles, they're not like hydrocarbon fuel vehicles where you can refuel the thing in 30 seconds or whatever. Uh, electric cars have to be charged and they take time. And the duration of a football match is not long enough to put much of a charge into an electric car. What you do is you take them home, you plug them in, you go and have your supper and then you go to bed. When you come out, the thing's nicely charged in the morning. That's the way of it. It's like rechargeable batteries. In fact, that's what they are. Uh, and so the provision of any number of electric car charging points in this location are not actually terribly useful, which is why I'm pleased that they're actually at a location where the school can use them. And that's how I understand it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Of course, teachers, for example, would be there long enough to take advantage of it. But... The requirement for electric charging points for going and watching a football match or taking your children there doesn't hold water. You need to charge these things at home. So every requirement to have electric charging points at home is a very sound requirement. The requirement for them here is less good. And I'm very happy to go with just four. It's not an unreasonable requirement. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Fairhurst. Madam Chairman, yes, I do indeed remember the, the, the occasion when we had to come up with a number. Um, and I thank Councillor Storo for his, 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 his mention. Um, we are in uncharted territory. We don't know, simply. What we do know is that electricity is with us. I'm told, apparently today, that the Tesla car company is now worth more than General Motors. And it is, it's, all, it's all happening so fast. What we do know, though, is we don't have in, enough but as, as Councillor Freeman said, we need to charge them. We need to charge them in situ. We have people driving to this football pitch who may, may not be able to get home. So there is a need for, for these charging points. Well, we don't know how much it is. 
They don't know what the quantum is. So I, when the time comes, if you'll allow, I would second the motion to go with four, but we're on a learning curve, and hopefully in a couple of years' time we'll have a better idea of what numbers we could require. Okay, thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Councillor LeCount. Am I there? Yeah, you are. Can everybody hear me? Yep. I'm muted. Okay, then. Just a quickie, uh, Mr. Fairhurst, actually, um, Tesla actually overtook Toyota as the biggest car company in the world, not General Motors, which is actually going down the tubes quite quickly. Anyway, that's apart from anything else. Could I just ask a couple of points? Um, I've got some figures in front of me. I've got £25,000, 10 points equals 2.5 each. Then I've got £60,000 for a new substation. So it, it, it was that, when that gentleman spoke about that, when we have four, what about the new substation? Will, it, will an old substation cater just for the four? Um, May I answer that? Mr. Clare, could you answer that? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm not an electrician or an electrical engineer, but I have a, a good working knowledge of the system. Essentially, the um, the local electrical power supply has a limit on its capacity and we have done investigation work that suggests the local network can accommodate four charge points without modification to that network so there is available capacity in the grid for want of a better phrase to be able to take on four points but that's the tipping point as soon as we go beyond that we're then into uh, infrastructure work to upgrade the power supply that's available and that necessitates a new substation being constructed so it might seem like you know the thing's going from naught to 100 very very quickly it, it so as with four we're okay as soon as we go beyond that the, the grid can't cope and we have to put more power in which means a substation thank you very much mr clear thank you very no problem all right thank you very much indeed because that actually just uh, Thank you. Just made, thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much, Councillor Count. Councillor Pavitt. Yes, um, yes, thank you to Mr. Clare for that clarification. I, I can recall when I had a briefing on the um, charging points that were put in on the um, common car park, the same problem arose, and that is the capacity of the grid to be able to carry enough power to more charging points. This is a major question mark over the whole business of putting in charging points nationwide, because we have an antiquated network and grid, but anyway, that's not the point. Um, I, I think you would like now to propose that we accept this amendment. I think it's entirely sensible uh, and pragmatic and that we should get on with it and save our time. Okay, all right, I've got Councillor Caton, I'm gonna go back to Councillor Stora because he did say that he would like to propose that at the very, very beginning. But Councillor Caton? Yes, Madam Chairman, I would just, point out that nine, uh, paragraph 9.1 of the report uh, contains the environmental health kind of department's recommendations. And this um, application is outside the air quality um, area. So in, in theory, we should be only asking for kind of 1.1 uh, 1 .1, uh, 
charging points for this development. So it does seem to me that four is actually quite a generous offer, and therefore I would uh, support uh, the reduction to four. Yeah, thank you very much, Councillor Keaton. Okay, Councillor, nobody else. So, Councillor Stora, I will come back to you now. Thank you, Chair. Just to, if I've got the right wording, just to propose acceptance uh, of this application, or rather approval, perhaps. Thank you. And Councillor Fairhurst, to second. Could you just say yes, so for the record? Yes, yes. Thank you. All right, so we have a proposal to approve the change of con um, or change of condition um, to approve. So proposed by Councillor Storer, seconded by Councillor Fairhurst. So all those in favour of the proposal, and over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, as ever, Councillor Bagnall. Four. Councillor Caton. Four. Councillor Fairhurst. Four. Councillor Freeman. Councillor LeCount. Four. Councillor Lemon. Four. Councillor Laughlin. Four. Councillor Merrifield. Four. Councillor Pavitt. Four. Councillor Reed. Four. Councillor Stora. Four. And Councillor Sutton. Four. Thank you. That's approved unanimously, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Clare. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Last agenda item of the day, agenda item 7, UTT 201306FUL, the Police Office, The Lodge, 56 London Road, Saffron Walden. And it's Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I'll try to be very brief. So let me just share my screen. This is in front of you because it's part of the Council Office's urgent automatic referral. It was not called in. So this is a fully detailed application for two metal storage units on a concrete slab uh, for the secure storage of equipment uh, of the local police uh, office within the development limits on London Road, Saffron Walden. The site comprises the police office here, uh, which is the Lord's building uh, with brick walls under a tiled roof. And it is part of the cartilage of the grade two listed council office building. This. Uh, and there are dwellings across the street here. Some of them are uh, listed as well. Um, you can see the proposal highlighted on, um, on this slide. Uh, before moving to the planning issues, let me say that the Paris Council raised, raised no objections to this application and also we consulted 19 uh, neighboring occupiers receiving no responses. According to the conservation officer, the proposal will not harm the character of the uh, 
conservation area, nor the setting of the listed building. It will amount to a negligible increase in the build form on site. It will not harm any of the nearby trees and bushes. It will be screened by the sizable southern boundary wall, and it will have an acceptable design and materials similar to the air quality monitoring during units just uh, a few meters to the west. Um, you can see the photos here. These are the, the air quality monitoring unit, the existing one. Um, the proposal will not harm the amenity of any neighboring occupiers due to its nature and the southern wall. The proposal will not harm existing parking arrangements. Uh, in these photographs, you can see the proposed position of the metal storage units. The existing air quality module here. Uh, overall, the proposal is considered acceptable as it complies with ULP policies S1, Gen 2, ENV1, ENV2, Gen 8, and the NPPF, and is recommended for approval uh, with a standard timeline condition. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you very much, Mr. Yachos. So, going back. Yep. Councillor LeCount. Oh, Madam Chair, if I may, before um, the debate starts, yes. in the discussions at our briefing session on Monday, I went for a little walk. And I can <laughs> confirm you cannot see it from the road. You cannot see the only window within the building from which you have a faintest chance of seeing it is mine. And currently, they've got one of those large commercial wheelie bins parked there and some boxes beside it. That's really all I wanted to add. There is nothing to see. It's a box. Okay. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Um, so, Councillor Account. Very much, Elizabeth. You just answered my question. Actually, that's very kind of you. I think that's very clever. Um, so, yes, I was just going to say... How much could you see from the offices? So if you can't see that, then it sounds fine for me. Basically, Councillor LeCount, the only person who has a chance of seeing it would be me, and I would have to sort of twist my neck a bit. Um, the other two windows that might possibly overlook it from this office can't see it because the building itself is in the way. Okay, thank you very much, Elizabeth. Um, is that okay, Councillor LeCount? Because at this moment in time, you've frozen on my screen. Can you hear me? Breaking up. He's breaking up, yeah. He's now... Mm. Are you back, Councillor LeCount? I'm back. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. And I, I appreciate that you answered all my questions. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, Councillor Account. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Madam Chairman. Uh, I'm one of the members for Saffron Warden, and uh, so I, I, know, I know this site very well, and uh, I'm delighted to see from the photographs that uh, the officer showed us that the police are still using bicycles. It's very nice. Uh, they were quite small bicycles. I'm a bit concerned about that, but still, they obviously want these bins for their bicycles, and that's very good. I'm I, I thoroughly approve. I'm happy to propose this, Madam Chairman, when we get to that point, uh, for approval. Okay, thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Fairhurst. Um, as much as I support Councillor Freeman on this, um, I can't imagine anyone using a bicycle on purpose, but um, it's a box. It's a box <laughs> of 1.34 metres high. It hides behind a wall. 
Um, and if we are inclined to rush out and buy bicycles, there can be more of these things. So I'd be happy to second when the time comes. Okay, well, there are no more speakers. So I think we will go to a vote. So Councillor Freeman, would you like to propose? Uh, yes, I propose this for approval, Madam Chairman. And Councillor Fairhurst, if you could just... Indeed, yes. Thank you very much to second that. Thank you. So, to approve this application proposed by Councillor Freeman, seconded by Councillor Fairhurst, and going to the vote to approve. Over to you, Ms. Smith. Thank you, Thank you ladies and gentlemen. Um, Councillor Bagnall? Or. Councillor Caton? Or. Councillor Fairhurst? Or. Councillor Freeman? Four. Councillor Count. Four. Four. Councillor Lemon. Four. Four. Councillor Laughlin. Four. Councillor Merrifield. Four. Councillor Pavitt. Four. Councillor Chief. Four. Four. Councillor Stora. Four. Councillor Sutton. Oh. Thank you. That's approved unanimously. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everybody. That brings us to the end of today's Sorry, Chair, Chair, could I just come in come in very briefly? Uh, in, respect, in respect of the minutes of the last meeting, Elizabeth and I have been liaising in the course of this meeting uh, in terms of the typo that uh, Councillor Bagnall identified. It related to the brownfield issue. So if I could just read read the amended sentence to you, uh, perhaps you'd uh, indicate you're quite happy with it. So the sentence now reads, Councillor Fairhurst proposed a motion to defer the item pending clarification of the brownfield issue together with possible section 106 contributions in respect to affordable housing and possible highway links. So it's just the amendment of the brownfield um, issue. I think that's fine. Councillor Bagnall, Councillor Fairhurst, yes? Yes. And everybody else, right? Yes? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. Um, so, um, I say thank you very much, everybody, today. And it's now 4.25. So, um, now next meeting is on August the 19th, I believe, Mr Brown. Yeah, August the 19th. We have quite a large application going for Stalford Road, so I thought it would be sensible to have a dedicated briefing for that particular item well in advance of the meeting. So that's why you've got an additional briefing on the 3rd to cover that large item. Yes. Um, so. Okay, everybody, thank you very much. Very much. Sorry, will we, will we actually be going to visit that site or, or not? You know, when that time comes, we still don't know. I mean, can I just ask, are we offline? No, Chair. Would you close the meeting if... Um... All right. Yes, I'd like to close the meeting. Thank you very much. Thanks.